Hopefully you made your way to the book of Joshua as we crash into a new book, leaving the Old Testament, I'm sorry, leaving the New Testament back to the Old Testament. So we finished Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then we went into John, and now we're coming back to Joshua. So you have to kind of put your Old Testament hat back on because it's been about, uh, I don't know, six months or so since we were in the Old Testament on Wednesday night. And so... We are going to move back and get pick it up where we left off there in the book of Joshua. So let's go before the Lord once more and we'll start there in chapter 1. Father, we ask tonight, Lord, that you would move by your spirit in our hearts and our midst tonight as we look into your word. And we know you're so faithful to do that, Lord, because you love us and you've preserved these stories with us in mind, Father, because there is much instruction to be found in your word on every page, Lord, and And uh, Lord, we can learn um, from the experiences of others. We don't have to learn from the school of hard knocks. Um, you you have them here so we can learn the good and the bad. And the good decisions, the bad decisions. And what happens when we wait when we should be moving. And what happens when we are moving and we should be waiting. Or anything in between, Lord. Um, we get to see the results of all that so that we don't have to, well find out the hard way, so to speak. And uh, the book of Joshua, Father, we know is just is a great venture of faith, and it's a great picture of our faith here in the New Covenant. So again, minister to us, Lord, as we uh, look into your word, and we ask again this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're in the book of Joshua, and there is a lot of parallels, you guys, between the book of Joshua and a lot of uh, New Testament principles, and we'll see that as we go through. Um, this is the first book, by the way, that's named after a person, um, Joshua. He gets uh, the first one in there. And remember, old Joshua was born a slave. He was born a slave in Egypt. Um, he was about 40 years old, give or take a little bit, on the Exodus Uh, of Egypt. Um, so, you know, he knew what it was like firsthand experiencing the harsh, horrible conditions of being an e a slave in Egypt. And um, uh, and we know a little bit about him through, uh, oh, through the books of the law, you know, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, gives us a little pictures of him here and there. But he was, um, for all those years, Moses' assistant. Um, Really, we see him going up with the Ten Commandments when Moses gets them. He stays by the, the what was called the Tent of Meeting, where, where Moses met with the Lord before the, the regular tabernacle was built. And so uh, he, he, we see him uh, running in and out uh, of the pages of Scripture. And then about oh, 80 plus years old, we don't know his exact age, you know, maybe 80, maybe even closer to 90 years old. He takes over for Moses. He succeeds him until his death at 110. Now, the Lord used him and called him and told Moses, Hey, Moses, your time is coming to the end. Remember, we talked about that. You can't go into the promised land, but uh, I'm going to send, uh, I'm going to raise up somebody, Joshua, who had been your faithful uh, helper this whole time, to, to lead the people in there. And so we know at the end of the book of Deuteronomy, Uh, they lay hands on Joshua. They acknowledge that he is the one that's going to be taking over. And we know the Lord um, tells uh, Moses to head up to the top of Mount Pishkah there, overlook uh, the promised land, and then it says the Lord buries him there. Um, 
And so we know, uh, well, we'll see that in a little bit when we get into verse 1, uh, that the Lord tells him what happened to Moses. Now, now, again, Joshua, as we talked about, he's already done some things. So uh, in the wilderness wanderings, uh, remember, the, 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 the Jews were attacked by uh, Amalek, and Joshua was the one that organized the men into uh, the battle. Remember when Moses was holding up his, his staff up on the mountain overlooking the battle, and then when his arm grew tired, uh, they started losing, but when his arm went forward, they started winning. And so remember his brother Aaron and another guy named Hur helped him you know, uh, extend that until the victory. And that was Joshua down there, by the way, leading the the troops. And so um, he did that. And then in, he was also known for uh, one of the 12 spies that went into Kadesh Barnea. Remember when the children of Israel left uh, Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, then they went to Mount Sinai for about a year, a year and a half or so, um, and got the law, the Ten Commandments, you know, built the tabernacle and the instructions. And then they headed towards the promised land, and on the border they decided to send in 12 spies. You remember the story. They're gone. Uh, they come back. Uh, ten of them uh, say there's just this great land. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Well, all 12 of them say that. It's beautiful, wonderful, fruitful. Man, this is the, just a great place. But uh, ten of them say it's great, but there's just no way we could take it. There's big guys there. Uh, there's walled cities, these guys, that they have big armies, and we're just a bunch of ragtag slaves, so to speak, that came out of Egypt. Uh, there's no way we can take those. But there was two guys, remember Joshua and Caleb, that said, yeah, they're big guys and there's walled cities, but look what the Lord did for us back in Egypt. He wiped out a far better army, far stronger army in Egypt uh, he'll do the same when we go into the promised land. We're following his lead. We just need to trust him. He's going to take care of it. And, of course, the people, you know the rest of the story. They didn't want to believe Moses and Caleb, and so they were on a 40-year uh, death march in the wilderness. And then at the end of that generation, anybody who was 20 years old and older uh, died off, and now this new generation is coming in with the exception of Joshua and Caleb. So remember, they're... They're at least 20 plus years older than, than the next oldest person in the whole, whole two or three million people. And, um, you know, so he is a great man of faith. And we'll read about Caleb as well being a great man of faith. Well, Joshua also means Jehovah saves. Uh, it's the same word or the same name, I should say, in the New Testament as Jesus. Remember, Joshua, translated into Greek, which is where the New Testament is written in, is Jesus. So, you know, that's the, Jesus, that's, the, that's the Greek translation, and that's what we use to say his name. But really, it's the same name as Joshua. So, um, again, uh, remember that, that's what they would, they, if you say it in Hebrews, Yeshua, they would say the same thing with Jesus. They would use that same name, which is when it was translated into Greek, it was uh, Jesus but really the Hebrew name is Joshua, just so you might know that. Um, it's a pretty simple book, really. I mean, if, uh, breaking it down in the simplest forms, basically, basically the first 12 chapters uh, is Joshua leading the people and, and uh, heading into the, the promised land and fighting the battles that need to be fought and the enemies that come against them. And really the last... 12 chapters, 13 through 21, the, the, the land is just divided among the people. And then there's a final 
bit of the last chapter where Joshua, you know, gives his farewell message to the people, if you would. Now, remember I said there's a lot of things we can learn um, from the pictures that we get from the Old Testament here. Uh, the promised land is really a type of, of the Christian spirit-filled life. Um, really, the promised land for us represents God's inheritance, what we can get by faith. Now, it's not heaven because the things that they'll do in the, in the going into the promised land, we're not going to have heaven. We're not going to have wars. We're not going to have enemies. We're going to have all those things we have to do. Heaven's not like that. But it is a picture of entering into our our, our uh, uh, inheritance, if you would, as spiritually down here on earth. It's it's claimed to us by faith. Um, again, uh, you guys know as much as I do. The victorious Christian life has its battles and it has its blessings, and there's also times of rest as well. And we'll see that in here. The problem is is that a lot of people like those children of Israel that didn't want to go in on faith, they kind of just wandered around. And the problem is with some people is they can have this in-between Christian experience, if you would, where they're not in Egypt, they're not in the world anymore, but they don't enter into the promises of God. They kind of just, you know, they're, they're delivered from sin and bondage that, that the old life was, but they really haven't entered into faith on the promises and the work that the Lord wants to do in their life presently. And so, you know, they kind of just wander around like the children of Israel did for 40 years, not really accomplishing much because, um, again, they don't want to take steps of faith and, and, and enter into those promises. And there's going to be some battles. You guys know that. There's spiritual battles out there. There's also great blessings out there when we follow the Lord. And we, again, it's just a matter of faith. This is they had to go in a matter of faith, realizing there's some battles that are so much bigger than I am. We we know that today in our life, Lord. This is so, so much a, a bigger battle. Even as Tony was just saying about you know Felix's wife that cooks uh, the food for the homeless outreach. You know, cancer got to get rid of it. My cousin, same way. You know, she found out a few weeks ago. She was healthy. She's exactly my age. Actually, she's two months older than I am. And you know, she just didn't feel right. Went to the doctor, and they found cancer in her pancreas and her liver, and I mean, it was just hit her out of the blue. You know, stage four. How do you deal with huge battles like that that come our way? And you know, all the other ones that come. And again, we 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 know that we depend on the Lord. We walk in faith. We trust Him, and that's that's part of the Christian and the spirit-filled life. And we need to remember that. So this is some great pictures of that. And finally, the other thing we learned, too, is, you know, we find principles to overcome the enemies and new dangers to look out for. As these guys will have new dangers they'll face, the new enemies will try to trap them in different ways. And we can also learn from that as well. Ones that are lurking out there, you know, trying to always knock us down and push us back. And so we'll see that as we go through the book of Joshua. Well, that being said, let's look at verse 1. Uh, as far as the introduction, let's look at Joshua 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 1. It said, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them the children uh, the children of Israel every place 
that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given to you as I said to Moses. So it starts out in the chapter, as I said, remember the Lord uh, had Moses lay his hand and the elders lay his hands on Joshua and, and, and to commit him to service of the Lord, to lead the people in, in Moses' place. And then the Lord told Moses, Moses, head up on up, up this hill here, much like his brother Aaron did. Head up this hill, and I'm going to give you this bird's eye view of all the land, and there you're going to die. In other words, you're not going to come down off the, mo- off the mountain. And so you can imagine Moses, I'm sorry, uh, Joshua and all the people are watching Moses go up this mountain. And I imagine, you know, at some point they're kind of like, well, what are we, what, what's going on? I mean, was he gone for a day, a half a day, how long, two days, a week, you know, before the Lord gave a message? It doesn't really tell us. I imagine it was probably uh, kind of quick, but the Lord gives Joshua a message now. Okay, I've taken Moses home. I called him up there. He 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 is now home, uh, you know. And now Joshua, it's time for you to step up. It's your time to lead. Now we all know that they haven't crossed over yet, but do you notice what he says here? God addresses uh, in those first, you know, this land I am given to you. You know, rise, get ready to go. Every place your foot uh, will walk, it belongs to you. It's a done deal. God's addressing to the people and to Joshua, hey, Joshua, it's a done deal. It's yours. Go get it. It's God's gift to them. It's the promise that he had given them. It belongs to them. They they just need to go in and get it. And again, as I had said earlier, the same thing is true with us in our lives with the Lord, right? Right? Again, how much do we believe him? How much are we willing to take? How far was Joshua and all the leaders with him and all the people, how much were they willing to go in and enter into the promises of God? And it's a good question we have to ask ourselves. Do we go just this far and that's okay, I've done enough? Or, I, you know, I, no, Lord, I want to go as far as you want to take me. What, what do we want to do? How much do we want? How much do we believe him? How much do we want to take? There's a great verse in Ephesians that talks about this. 1 verse 3 and it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. The Lord has given us every blessing in Jesus Christ, every spiritual blessing. Now, he's not going to you know, have you go in and say, wow, there's a beautiful house uh, on the lake out here. What was that, the castle or whatever that is out there on College Road or wherever they get to that castle there. I, I didn't even know that thing existed until about two months ago. I was working, and there was a berry farm, and I was right, oh, it was an apple orchard right there. And he goes, yeah, it's right where the castle is. I go, what do you mean castle? I'm in Watsonville. The only weird little castle is the one down on Highway 1 there, you know, as you're going to Moss Landing. And I go, I, I, I thought it was in Watsonville. He goes, no, 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 there's a big one on the lake over here. And he gave me the gate code, and he said, yeah, just come in and go in there. And, and I drove back there, and I looked at it. There's a castle back there. Well, you guys probably all know that. I'm probably the dude guy here. But, uh, you, you know, so what is it? We just have to claim it, Lord, that's my house, and walk in there. And, no, oh, Lord, said I get it. No, no, notice it says every spiritual blessing in Christ. You know, 
it's not about now does he bless us materially absolutely he does but again uh, this is not our home we're not setting up camp here we're not you know the, the, making this our, our our permanent residence we're just passing through and he has given us and and wants to give to us so many spiritual blessings use us in so many great ways he's given that to us but again we have to ask ourselves how much will i take how far do i want to go do i want to keep seeing what the lord will do i i think you know it's been in the news lately a great example of this i, I think you have to look at billy graham right i mean here's a guy that you know everybody I don't. I didn't see one negative thing. Now I didn't hunt around. Obviously, there's some going to be some detractors. Some people probably, but even people that don't know the Lord, and, and or in the news media that would look for any crack on the armor to to put him down. I mean, just had good things to say about him. And uh, and here's a guy. I, I you know, and I think we get one or two of these in a generation, really. Um, you know, a guy that just a person that just wants to commit their lives to the Lord and. I mean, look what the Lord did with that man, you know, speaking to presidents and had access to this and millions of people and, you know, huge crusades and just ministered and ministered and ministered. And I guess we have to ask our question, you know, how much how much do we want to take? How far do we want to enter into the promises of the Lord? God said, listen, they're all yours, Joshua. Every place you're going to set your foot, it's this huge area. It's yours. It's a done deal. But we'll see as we go through this, how much were the people willing to take? Where were they going to stop and say, well, that's enough. I settled for this. I settled for that. I, um, I, I talked to, you know, from work, I talked to a lot of employers around. And I, I, what I found out, which was kind of interesting, was um, a lot of, uh, from what they were telling me, okay, <laughs> But there's a number of people in, in a lot of the ag-related and ag and ag-related businesses around here that you know have trouble with uh, with people, and it's not so much just getting them that there isn't enough people, although that's some of the case. But a lot of it is just getting them to work, because uh, and again I've heard this from a dozen or more employees. They just the employers they just say. You know, the people want to work only so much, and they can't make over, and I forgot what they tell me, like 13000 a year, thirteen five or something, because then they'll start losing all their uh, government subsidies and benefits. I don't know if it's government, you know, housing or food this or whatever it might be. And so, you know, they, they only want to work so much, and then, and then when they start getting close to that, they don't want to work anymore. And so, of course, you know, they need to keep working. The business needs to keep going. And so they're always having problems with that. And, and I, and I kind of thought about that as somebody was just telling me here, this in town um, the other day. And I was thinking about, you know, that's kind of the way people are in their Christian life. Well, you know, I've, I've gotten far enough. And I, 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 you know, I know I love the Lord. I, I know I'm going to heaven. But, you know, I'm kind of in this comfortable rut, you know, or I'm kind of in this place and I don't want to, upset the apple cart or whatever we think, you know, and only kind of go so far. And, you know, I've kind of reached kind of my limit, I think. And, and uh, you know, and that's, that's, that's all I'm going to do. And it's a sad place, but we can get that way all too easy. Reminded here in Joshua the result of that. And we'll, we'll see here in a little bit. Well, verse 4 says, from the wilderness, now he describes, from the wilderness... 
the land from the wilderness that is Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Now, I kind of came up with a little map there. Maybe that'll help you see what it is in today's view. Remember this this promise was given to Abraham way back in Genesis. It was repeated to Moses, and now it's being repeated again to Joshua. But if you look here, you know, I mean, we'll see the, the little parts there, but, you know, here's a little dot of the nation. But this, you know, here's the Euphrates River right here, and this is, sorry, right here. And, you know, this is the area, includes, you know, a lot of Iraq, some Saudi Arabia, Jordan, some of Egypt, Syria, Lebanon. That was the area that's yours. It's yours. I promised it way back to Abraham when he left to come over here. I've repeated it down through the generations. Moses knew about it. Um, That's yours. But this is about what they ended up taking at the end of Joshua. This is kind of the um, how it's going to be divided, by the way. Now, that map we looked at went way over here and way down over there and way up there and way over there. But this is how the land is kind of divided when we get to the end of Joshua. That's where the, the groups were, were to settle. And they never even came close to settling all that until much later on. And, uh, and even was just even for a short period of time that they even had this much. A lot of it wasn't even that. So again, they won't even come close. Some people say it was about maybe 10% of what God promised. A tithe, if you would. <laughs> They gave a tithe. They took only a 10% of, of what God promised them and left 90% on the table, if you would. They didn't come closer. Now, um, here's, by the way, a, a little uh, map of what Israel occupies today. Still a, a lot smaller. doesn't even go over to Jordan. doesn't get, consider this. And, you know, some of these are still disputed, according to uh you know, the United Nations. But, you know, they, this Gaza is not theirs. The West Bank is not theirs. But they only rule just a little little sliver of land, even compared to what they did, you know, uh, Joshua's day and age. And again, the question is with, let's say that it's about 10%. Let's just, for argument's sake, say it's about close to that number. Why? Why only take 10% out of the the 100% that was given you. Maybe it just seemed too good to be true, or maybe more likely, I think, that's what they settled for. That's enough. I'm okay. Don't need much more than that. You know, I don't want to be a Jesus freak. I don't mind being known with Jesus, but, you know, do you have to really be the extreme? I mean, do you have to go to church on Wednesday, people will say? You know, that's kind of radical, you know, nobody goes to church on Wednesday. Are you kidding me? I never even heard of anybody going to church on Wednesday. You know, I'm sure you're told that all the time. I mean, isn't Sunday enough? How deep do you want to go? How much do you want to hear from the Lord? Or, you know, we just don't want to get to the point where I settled. That's enough. I'm okay. That's how I think the nation kind of ended up doing it. I'm settled for that. I got my piece of pie and, you know, uh, it's not about being greedy. Don't misunderstand me. It's, it's just entering into all that the Lord has. Trust me. 
I think, you know, we all could have a Billy Graham story in our lives, all of us, if we just wanted to see how far the Lord would take us and just wanted to be used that way, just as they could have occupied all that land. Just think how much oil that the Israelis would have right now <laughs> if they just even took half of that, right? A lot of that's in Saudi and there's oil all over the place there. Anyway, Iraq and anyway. But, you know, it's okay. I had enough. Sunday's enough. You know, once a month, read my Bible once in a while. I don't want to go too radical with this. I don't know. And and then he tells him in verse 5, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Ooh, that sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? Don't be afraid, Joshua. I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. There is no enemy that can stand against you. That's the idea that can have any victory over your life. But isn't that the same promise we're given in the New Testament? Jesus said the same thing. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. There's no spiritual power force you know, or physical that can come against us, right? Nothing can stand. What great promises we have. So he says, there's reason for great victory because you have great promises. We don't ever need to be afraid about circumstances. You know, we don't really ever need to be afraid. That's just a great thing. Just if we just apply that simple thing, If we just took the simple promises that the Lord gave us that I'll never leave you or forsake you, you know, there's no power, spiritual force, physical that can can take you out of my grasp. I'll work everything out for good. All those promises that most of us know very well. And if we just applied that and said, you know, there's never any reason for me to be fearful. That's something we could all claim that can you imagine how much that would just bless us just to not walk in fear or worry or, you know, boy, that can just eat up so much of our time, especially when you're falling asleep, right? Or in the middle of the night sometimes, a lot of stuff going on, you're worried about this, you're wondering about that and afraid of this circumstance. Whoa, what if this all goes this way? I mean, boy, just imagine, you know, if we just claim, Lord, your promise is not to leave me or forsake me. Everything's in your control. Nothing can, can come against me that you haven't, pre-screened and allowed for only for my good and for the benefit and the, and the glory of your kingdom. And so I just trust in that. You'll never leave me or forsake me. Your promise is to, in Jude 24, right, to bring me home, uh, you know, with great, uh, you know, uh, great promise, great blessing. You could just hold on to that one. Amazing. He's saying the same thing basically to Joshua here. Be strong. And then verse 16 says that. Be, um, verse 6, I'm sorry, says that. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to the fathers to give them. Now, this is a phrase that we're going to see repeated to Joshua, particularly early on. Be strong and of good courage. He's going to say that. I guess Joshua needed to hear that. 
There was a lot of battles, a lot of kings, a lot of very powerful warriors, a lot of high walls, a lot of obstacles to entering into the promise of God. But he's t- he'll tell him over and over again, be strong and of good courage. Just trust me, walk in faith. Just keep moving forward, Joshua. He needed to hear it. Be strong and courageous. In, in this case, we'll see it in, in the next few verses here. He's telling, in your serving, enter into the promises that I'm going to give you. Don't shrink back. Don't be worried. Don't let fear overtake your life where you're like, oh, I don't know. This is, how are we going to deal with this? And if these guys gang up together and if this happens, you know, when they uh, lose that battle to AI, we'll read uh, in a couple weeks, um, and, and you can see how fast these guys go from, you know, yeah, yeah, after the victory of Jericho and, and the Lord parting the, the, the Jordan River for them to cross, and, and, the, and then they have one little defeat, um, and there was a reason for that. Uh, you might remember the guy Aiken, but they all panic instantly. Like, oh, man, they're going to hear we lost a battle, and then they're all going to gather together, and they're going to wipe us out. And it's, I mean, instantly their minds just, that's it, it's over, we lost something, the momentum's gone, and they you know, went back to fear. And, uh, but again, the Lord's reminding Joshua ahead of time, be strong, what does it say, verse 6, be courageous in your serving. Enter into the promise. It takes faith. It takes work. It takes courage. Because it's easy to give up or settle for less. Don't go there, Joshua. It takes faith. It's going to take work, and it's going to take courage. Because it's easy to give up and settle for less. And we know that in our own lives. And then he said, In verse 7, the same thing, only be strong and very courageous. Now he's adding very courageous, right? That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. So be strong and of good courage when you're going into the land, when you're serving me. But secondly, be strong and of very be very courageous in your faithfulness to me and to my word. Because Joshua, when you go into the promised land, you're going to see a lot of fun or interesting or far out crazy things that people are doing in that land. And it's going to appeal to your desires and you know your eyes and all those regular natural appetites we have. It'll be easy to be drawn into those things. Ooh, look at that. Ooh, that would be fun. Ooh, that would be a great time. And ooh, wow, I didn't even know you could, you know, all those crazy things that they're going to see. And so he's telling them, be strong and very courageous in your faithfulness to me and to my word, because you're going to see a lot of crazy stuff in that land that you're going into. It'll want to draw you into it. it. You know, it'll pull on your earthly tendencies. So be strong and very courageous. Be faithful. Stay the course. That's why it's so important, and I really probably don't need to say it to you guys because obviously you're here, but, you know, again, there's that pull into the world. There's the pull into doing what everybody else is doing, that pull of, you know, being involved in this and that because it looks fun or people talk about it. On and on those things are. Just our natural, you know, tendencies to do that. 
So we stay in his word. We we, we keep his word. We don't just water it down and say, oh, yeah, I guess that's okay. And we kind of justify it or, you know, do all this. No, we just stay on course. Don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. Stay on course. And verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Now, you like to underline your Bible, but I think that's one of the great verses to underline there. For you know, you want to know what's going to work out and what's going to be for the best? Keep my word. Keep it in the front of your light, heart, in front of your mind. Remember, you're heading into enemy territory, so you need to keep your focus on the word of God. Meditating on it, studying it, putting it in your heart, it will give you great success in this life. Meditating means just, it's not, not the idea of all the kind of crazy meditation things we have around here where you clear your mind and put your fingers like this and you try to clear your mind. No, no, it's just the opposite. When the Bible talks about you fill your mind with the things of the Lord, you fill your mind with his word, you fill your mind with prayer, you fill your mind with his thing, and you think of those things over and over. You think of the stories of Joshua and the exploits of Paul or this and that. You put those things into our mind. You're heading into enemy territory. There's going to be a lot of temptations to go to the left or the right. So keep it in your mind. Think about it all the time so you can stay focused. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? And again, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so he repeats it again to him. There's no reason to be afraid. I'm with you. I'm not going to bail out. And when the going gets tough, uh, I'm not going to bail out. We're going we're gonna to move forward. I have this all prepared for you. It's yours. You've got to go in and enter it and take it. Yes, there's going to be temptations. Yes, there's going to be this problem of you know fear coming into you. Yes, I know all these things, but you stay in my word. You stay faithful to me. Don't go to the right or the left. Keep thinking about my word. I'm with you. You don't have to be afraid. Now, after hearing those things from the Lord... I like what Joshua does in verse 10. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go into possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Joshua hears that. When he's done hearing that, He passes the message around to the leaders. Now, remember, there's maybe about 3 million people there, okay? Just for argument's sake, somewhere around that huge amount, right? And so, tell the leaders. They go out and spread it to, to, you know, people they know, and they tell other people. So, you know, three days, they get the idea now that we're going to move. But he doesn't sit around. He tells the people right away, he knows it's going to take three days to get all those people to get everything ready to go, and by the time the word gets to them, it's going to take time to get all that. But he's moving right away. He doesn't like, well, okay, well, yeah, I know what you're saying, Lord. That sounds really good. Let me pray about it a little bit longer. No reason to pray. Got the instructions from the Lord. 
Well, Lord, let me just wait a little bit. How about if we do this and this and this first? You know, let's get our spears all sharpened up. Let's get the knives going or whatever, the battle axes or whatever it is. Let's make sure the guy's trained, a little physical training here before they go in, a little stretching. No, no. Okay, Lord, you're telling us to move out. We need to move out. And that's what he does. You told me to be strong. You told me you'll be with me. You gave me the plan. Let's go. That's how faith works, isn't it? Got everything? Move out. When you got everything, move out. Move out. Well, let's read the last little bit here in verse 12. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. So that's these guys right here, right? Because remember, we'll talk about that in a minute. That's these, this group of people that are going to take their inheritance on this side of the, of the Jordan River. The Promised Land, uh, what eventually would stretch this way, but he told them to go in there first. And these are the guys he's going to talk about right now. So let's read to those guys. He said, Remember the words which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all of your mighty men of valor, and helping them. Until the Lord is given your brethren rest as he gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. You shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan towards the sunrise. Verse 16, So they answered Joshua, saying, All that you commanded us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. Now again, uh, Joshua reminds these guys, because remember, they're, when they're on this side over here and they're about ready to head in, uh, they look over here and, uh, well, they're going to cross more Jericho. But they're going to look over, and it doesn't look like much. As a matter of fact, it looks pretty deserty. It's a pretty barren area. Uh, we know Jericho is kind of an oasis in the desert, so there's a city around there. But it's pretty deserty. But if you look to this side, there, there's a lot of green valleys, and there's it's more watered and more rain. And and so you know these guys, these two and a half groups of people, decide to say, you know, we really don't want to cross over. Remember we talked about that back in Deuteronomy. We really don't want to go over. We'll stay here. It looks like a great place for us. We defeated all the bad guys on this side, and so we have some cities, and there's great cattle, and we have a lot of cows and sheep and all that stuff, so we want to stay over there. And, um, and so, but Moses said, okay, but you don't want to discourage all your brethren from going in, so therefore you have to send all your fighting men. You can have that if that's what you're going to settle for. You can have that, but you have to send your fighting men in with us um, so that you don't discourage everybody else. And um, so they're saying, yes, we'll keep the word that we told Moses, and we're going to do it just like we told you. And these were those who didn't enter in what the Lord had for them. And by the way, it will turn out very miserable for them. They will fall away very quickly, and they'll be pulled away very easily. And that's the sad part about not trusting in the Lord and not walking in faith. 
you see, they, they thought, well, this is what's good, and this will be what's best for me. We're not really sure what's on this side. It looks pretty deserty. This looks pretty good to us, and so we're going we're, we're gonna to settle for this over there. And, and again, it's important for us to remember this. You know, it's, I think this looks good, so I'm just good here. We need to remember the Lord knows what's best. He already had given it to them. We just have to take it. And these guys, as we'll go through the book of Judges, you'll see that, man, they just get into all kinds of a crazy mess because, you know, they just, they just didn't want to do all that the Lord had called them to do. And so they're like the first ones that are going to get beat up and raided and kind of lose and all these problems are going to take place. And eventually that will spread through everybody. But, you know, again, just didn't want to take it. I think I know what's best, Lord. Thank you very much for your advice and your opinion, but I kind of got it figured out from here. And sadly, sometimes we have that way of thinking. You, you know, if you're always struggling and never enjoying God's peace, if there's always enemies constantly surrounding us and frustration continually, maybe it's because we haven't crossed into the promises that God wants to give us. We're still kind of living in the natural we're still kind of thinking in the natural. We're, we're not in Egypt anymore. We're not what we used to be, but we're not what he's called us to be. We just need to make sure that we don't settle for anything less. Because um, we'll see as we go through this, if, again, especially as we get into the book of Judges, it's, it's, it's not going to go well for them because of that. It'll never go well if we don't walk in faith and trust the Lord. Well, we're going to call it a night here. I know it's a little bit uh, earlier than normal, but um, chapter 2 is its own important battle with Rahab and, and uh, Jericho, and so I think it's uh, something we'll look at a little separately. So let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you again for the time that we have in your word here tonight, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would minister to our hearts as you've spoken to us, Lord, that we might be those that enter into the promises that would be strong and of good courage or, or very great, be very courageous, Lord, walking in faith and trusting you. We don't have to walk in fear. We don't have to wonder if you know, things are going to work out or what's going to happen because whatever happens, Lord, as your children dwelling in us, we know that it's what's absolutely what's best, even though we may, can't see the end or how things are going to finally settle out. But, Lord, you love us and you go before us. And you know everything that's going to happen, and we can trust in you. And Lord, we don't have to walk in fear, and we don't have to shrink back. And help us, Lord, not to settle for, oh, something far less than what you have called us to, to, to have, Lord. You, you want to bless us. You want to pour out great things into our lives and use us in great and miraculous ways, Lord. All of us in here, not one of us is an exception to that. And Lord, it's all a matter of how deep do we want to go. Help us to be the people that want to go deep and go as far as you'll take us, Lord. You'll do great and amazing things because you're a great and amazing God. Remind us of these things, Lord. Draw us close to you. Help us to keep your word on the forefront of our hearts and our minds in a world that wants to pull us away and wants us to get caught up in this and sidetrack with that and indulge in those things because everybody else is doing it or thinking it or living that way and 
Help us not to look to the right or the left, but to stay focused, Lord. Great blessings are in store when we do. And that's your promise. And we thank you and we take your word on it, Father. Bless these things again to our hearts, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.